The Hornets lose the second game in a row to the Boston Celtics at home. We hear MVP chants for the opposition and Jason Tatum, who went for 50. We break it all down today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day, and we appreciate you making us your first listen. Make your second listen, Locked On NBA, game to game across the Locked On NBA landscape, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked on. Weird day for me today. No Weston Walker because we were airing the Charlotte Hornets game on WFNZ 92.7 FM, where you can usually catch Weston Walker from 12 to 3. But that was instead reserved for the MLK Day game, the matinee, a annual tradition that is so much fun to get some daytime Hornets basketball like going to these games was able to go to the Spectrum Center earlier today and watch some Hornets basketball so very cool there and um, Doug was writing all about it I'm sure on his Substack, every Hornets box score at every Hornets box where you can find that all right Doug Boston Celtics loss Jason Tatum goes for 51 Steve Clifford very talkative afterwards and was sure to point out how he liked the Hornets effort in this game. He said that they played sharper, I guess, um, and that the, the effort was there. And I think that's probably true. And then switched it 180 degrees and discussed how frustrated he was at the team continuing to leak out when it should be every single member of the Charlotte Hornets on the court going after defensive rebounds and how those leak outs directly lead to losing And even Jalen McDaniels, who was amazing in the first half, scored 18 points in the first, 26 overall, hit five three-pointers. That was a season high for three-point field goals made. Despite all that, Jalen McDaniels directly referenced in one of those. So, you know, let's let's try to bring this down and organize it. You're much better at at that than I am. How How do we attack this first little recap as we start the show today? Well, I think the big big story from both of these games is that they are trying very hard. The Hornets are the the effort is there. It's just the talent level isn't there. And Jason Tatum is an immense talent. You know, fifty one points. He he had the crowd rocking in Spectrum Center. A lot of a lot of green and white in the Spectrum we'll Center. It. We'll we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but they they have a talent level such that and, and it's across the board, right? It's more than just Tatum. It's Brogdon off the bench who was devastating. It's Derek White hitting threes. It's Grant Williams, the hometown kid, knocking down threes. It's defense everywhere, scrambling like you can't. They got a lot at the rim, but it was because it was kind of because they wanted the Hornets to take shots at the rim. Like that's that's the kind of defense that you play and go. Wait a minute, we're getting open shots at the rim. Oh, that's because they want us to do that because they don't want us to hit a bunch of threes. They're running us off the line. Uh, the Hornets shot well from three, but they just didn't shoot a ton because they didn't have a lot of opportunities. Uh, but yeah, I mean, these two games, I think, really sort of illustrate how far the Hornets are on both ends of the floor. And, and yes, they were able to pull close in the fourth quarter in this game. They were they were there at, at moments in the second half of the first game as well. But I didn't have I really didn't have any belief that they had what it took to get over 
a team like Boston. And now here they sit. They've lost eight out of the last nine games. They've lost five in a row. The only game that they won was that. It's looking crazier by the day, that win that they had, the blowout win that they had against Milwaukee (laughs) is looking more and more like it was about Milwaukee than it was about Charlotte. Um, And yeah, I mean, I just think we are, we know who the Hornets are. I don't think they have any more surprises, even if, you know, Gordon Hayward and Kelly Oubre, Cody Martin missed this game. He was a late scratch. If all these guys get back, I'm still not confident they have many surprises left for us this season. No, no, I'm not confident at all. This was a role player game that allowed you to stay in it. And if you get more efficiency from your stars, then you might have a shot. But they didn't have it here today. LaMelo Ball was eight of 23. He was a good three point shooter, five of 12. But he missed a lot of two point shots, which he's not been great at in his career, but missed quite a bit. Eight of 23 overall from the field. And Terry Rozier, after giving you a nice stretch of games for a while, Terry goes six of 17 from the field, only goes one of four from three-point range, only one of two from the free throw line and scores 14 points. And you're really, this is a college-style lineup, in my opinion, at least as college as an NBA roster and rotation can be, because you're looking at five starters that all play above 30 minutes. You have your Mm -hmm. sixth man and Dennis Smith Jr. who plays 25. Mark Williams is that next guy. And the other ones, you know, JT Thor, Bryce McGowan's. I don't want to call them faux minutes because they're in legitimate time. But for the most part, you get it right. I mean, it's Bryce McGowan's and JT Thor playing at the end of the first quarter, maybe the very beginning of the second. And you're not getting a ton of production from either one of them. Defensively, Bryce McGowan's didn't stand a chance, which is totally fine for a second year, first year or second round, first year player. But it's a very college level rotation that the Charlotte Hornets are running. And and I mean that just by the minutes divvied up with certain players on this roster. Um, You know, Mark Williams getting the, the, the appearance here today. So what did you make of the rotation that we saw with Boston? Uh, yeah, I think Boston. this is well. This is what we're going to see uh, throughout the rest of the season, unless they trade Mason Plumley. I think you're going to see Nick Richards sometimes. I think you're going to see Mark Williams sometimes. Even when when they when they took Mark out for these past couple of games, I wasn't really super worried about it or super upset about it because I really thought that it was going to be like this. You're going to suddenly see Mark, and then we'll see Mark for a little bit, and then we'll suddenly see Nick. I think it's part wanting to get both of those guys minutes as the season you know goes on, but I think it's also. Uh, Clifford just trying a few things, shaking a few things up to see what he can get. And, and well, both Steve of those guys, us, I mean, he, yeah, yeah, I mean, he directly referenced that earlier. He said, I'm just not wanting to go, you know what, a couple weeks without any of these players getting some action on the court. And so yeah. Nick Richards, he said he played well a couple nights ago and it's not fair to either one of them is what he said, but you know, he, it's just how it is right now that he doesn't want any of these guys to not get burned at all. Right. And and it makes total sense. But look, this bench is giving you nothing right now. And it's not I mean, Mark Williams had a couple of great plays. I, I list him in my um, every Hornets box score rundown that's going up soon, uh, especially at the end of the third quarter, 313. He yeah. sets that screen for DSJ rolls, sees Tatum cut, uh, cut him off. And instead of like trying to force the roll and, and call for the ball and not get it, he bounces out for that baseline jumper like that's again. You're looking at the future of Mark Williams. If he can extend that out to the corner to the uh, to to hit three pointers, because you know that's another big thing from this game too, and that both of these games is that the Hornets have no chance playing these teams that play five out. Like Al, Al Horford annihilated them. Um, so you know, and, and and the Hornets don't have any answer for that, right? Mason Plumlee, Nick Richards, uh, and and Mark Williams have different skill sets, but there's one thing that they all have in common: they they can't hit three pointers. Teams know that they pack the paint. Uh, they're able to help off. 
So, you know, that, that's a difficult thing to overcome as well. And, and I don't, I don't know really what the answer is. I'll tell you one thing though. I saw LaMelo and PJ for the umpteenth time this season play really well off of one another with both sure. PJ's pick and pop, but also, you know, just, just finding PJ on the roll and, and PJ also helping to find uh, LaMelo a couple of times in this game. They have a real great two man relationship, but just imagine, just imagine what it would be like if LaMelo could do that with a center as well. That would be incredible. The Hornets have to find an answer there at some point. Yeah, and we'll see if they're ever able to do it. I do want to have a few more notes on Mark Williams. We'll get to more Jalen McDaniels analysis too with his 26-point outing. He scored a team high in this game against Boston. So we'll get to all of that coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Steve Clifford talked a little bit more about some of the rest that they're going to get. That is abnormal. Not having, I think, two days off since December 24th is the last time he referenced it in this latest press conference. And so what can they work on to possibly get back in the win column? And we'll do some more of the individual recaps from players that mattered the most in this game against Boston. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a fantasy app that allows you to pick players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry with that two to six player pool that you choose from. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. And they offer projections on any sport you watch. That includes, of course, the NBA, of course, the NFL and the MLB, but also college men's and women's basketball. You have college football when that gets rolling once again, WNBA, esports, Euro basketball, pretty much anything with a round ball. You they got you covered at prize picks safe and fast withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states and even canada so what you can do is download the prize picks app or you can go to prizepicks.com you can sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 with promo code locked on if you deposit 100 prize picks gives you 100 if you deposit 50 prize picks gives you 50 you get the idea by now don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. More Locked On Hornets coming up next. Is Locked On Hornets. But I have seen him go all That's the way up fault. to number 10. That was, is there a warning? Do we I need to get trying, out of here? Okay, here's the thing. My, I don't know if you heard, but my watch went off and I was trying to silence it. And then I accidentally hit ping the phone and then the phone pinged. And, and now here we are. I'm doing my best, man. It seems like you're doing your very worst. <laughs> well, sometimes it seems like you're I'm actively fighting you today to move. To sometimes move my best is my worst. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Let's give the people a little more taste of something positive here, Doug, before we get back into the negative. Just a nice little sandwich method of, you know, we'll tell you something you need to work on. Then we'll give you a little taste of something positive and then something you need to work on again. I, I do. Look, I, I'm probably going to be a broken record this season, but I've told you this a couple times now. Just a solid baseline performance from Mark Williams again. I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm growing to really like him as a player. And you talk about him eventually extending that range to the three-point line. It's what Steve Clifford has talked about a lot with us scratching our head just because we didn't see it at Duke. And even next year, if he starts shooting that at any clip, it will seem a lot faster than any, any one of us would have guessed. But I'm totally fine with him just taking 15-foot jumpers pretty consistently. The <laughs> fact that you have – I mean, if you have that range and you shoot from a, a shoot efficiently – 
that I mm-hmm. think that matters to open up the space just a little bit for LaMelo. You know, when you're talking about rim runners, right? Most of the time, rim runner with that identity comes not a very good shooter. But that's not yeah. the case with Mark. I mean, the fact that he is shooting well from free throw lane, you have to not only worry about the seven foot one dude with a crazy standing reach, maybe dunking on your head, but because he's got a high motor, you see him get that dunk in transition and he runs the floor really well. And he's able to make that read you just talked about where he doesn't have to go to the rim to be effective. He can pop out a short corner and then hit that baseline jumper. By the way, money, like in rhythm, there was no hesitation. There was no, oh God, what do I do? There was no fear. I'll take that any day of the week. I so we'll we'll get that we'll get that extended range at some point, but totally cool right now. Defensively, he still matters. So I where I was sitting in media row, I, I sat behind the goal this time. Like you still, you know, I what like 25 rows up, you know what it is, but but I was behind the goal this time. Sometimes you sit in the corner and it's a little bit better view. Like I, I kind of like sitting there more than the corner because you missed up on the opposite end of the mm. court, even though mm-hmm. you're blocked by the goal sometimes. And I just think you see offensive players worry about Mark more so. Malcolm Brogdon, it was the goaltend call, but Malcolm is trying to shoot that real quickly, right? And he, yeah. you know, he hits it off the backboard, but he's shooting it real quickly and he missed it. Now it was the goaltend call. I didn't know if it was if it was accurate or not. But I just think he's affecting guys. I'm just, you know, call me Homer, whatever you want. Love what I'm getting from Mark Williams in 17 minutes that he plays against the Celtics. Yeah, I thought he was the one bright spot when they broke the lineup yeah. in the first quarter. Because remember, like defensively, they the Hornets were really good to start this game. The, the starters were uh, basically making up for the fact that they were terrible starting that last game against Boston. They obviously got the message. So everybody was closing out hard. And then they broke the lineup and things broke. And that's happened many times this season. The uh, Celtics went on a 16-3 to run. But the one bright spot in there was Mark Williams, um, who, you know, does a great job of, of filling out the paint on the defensive end. And then he's got just a great ball fake to draw fouls. Like, that's going to benefit mm-hmm. him. He's a decent free throw shooter, better than Plumlee. So, like, that's that's just going to benefit him in the future. That's going to yeah. benefit the Hornets uh, because those are those are efficient ways to, to get points. But you mentioned no fear, no hesitation. And I think that's the biggest thing that I saw in this game was that uh, there was a moment later in the game when he was under the basket, he catches it, and I believe it was Cornet, uh, Cornet yep. the, the Hornet killer, um, who was just like, to, you know, tap offensive rebound. Like that guy, whenever he, whenever, whenever he plays the Hornets, Cornet the Hornet killer, like it was crazy. But anyway, he had, he had Mark Williams trapped underneath the rim. But Mark doesn't panic. Mark doesn't panic. He gets a couple of ball fakes and draws a foul. Like, that's what you want to see out of your center. You don't want to see him fumbling, bumbling around, doing too much walking. You know, a lot of travels happen in those kind of scenarios. But Mark's smart, man. He's smart. And he has no fear. He understands where his feet are, like, at all times. Like, this is – it seems like simple stuff that we're talking about here, folks. But that just tells you where we've been at the center position for a long time. Well, just to show you I, I'm a little sane, too, about Mark. Like, there's still, every now and then, some mistakes. I mean, I, I, I sure. think – you know, there was one time he he came over to the paint. Well, so there was there was a good play I thought he made where he comes all the way across the paint and then forces an errant alley, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah. you know, there are some other times where he's not finding guys to box out nearly as much. He's kind of standing for the rebound. And so that needs to get a little bit better. He's probably just relying on his height. But, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take... I mean, you know, he's got to get strong. Yeah, I mean, Cornette yeah. knocked him out of the paint a few times. Like, that's not sure. going to change until... You know, he, he gets some more time in the weight room as it goes on. But these other things, I think the other things that he does well are kinds of things that if you do them poorly early in your career are more signals 
that oh, things yeah. aren't going to go well for you. The body, I think, I, we've seen it with like so many players. Giannis, you know, was a string beam when he came into the league, and look at him now. So like that can change. Oh yeah, the NBA does a phenomenal job of putting weight on you. Um, now, what Jaylen I'm saying McDaniel, is, Mark Williams will be Giannis Antetokounmpo level in a few years. Mark it down. Yeah, or at least Hakeem. So it's one of those two. So I, I think Jalen McDaniels also spe- speaking of a uh, string beans, another skinny player for the Hornets did have a uh, good game uh, today against the Celtics. Career 26 high. points for him. Yeah. 26 points for Jalen, um, five three-pointers, as I mentioned. That's the most three-point field goals made he's uh, had this year. couple steals running the floor. Mason Plumley and Jalen had a little two-man game going on at the beginning of this one because you have Jalen just doing what he does well, cutting baseline. And and they weren't they, – they didn't hit on it as much, but that was kind of the offense they were running at the beginning. And Robert Williams, when he would be matched on Jalen, just sagging off big time. I mean, just – not going out there on the floor, which I guess a little surprising because I think Rob can can move with Jalen. But anytime that he was on Jalen, you know, he would let it fly and they were able to exploit that a couple times. Had two possessions in the first half where bang, bang hits a couple three pointers. Um, really like what Jalen McDaniels brings. And Doug, we know that he's in the trade rumors right now. So is it, what, what is this doing for uh, Jalen McDaniels, either trade value or Oh God, we can't trade value. <laughs> well, you know, it, it wasn't, but but two games ago uh, in in Toronto, when I wrote in my notebook and said on this show, has anyone ever tanked their trade value in one game? And if not, Jalen McDaniels got pretty close because he had his worst game of the season. I yeah, got that text in that from second you. Yeah. game against Toronto, <laughs> he was. It wasn't just that he shot the ball poorly; it was that he literally did everything poorly and and things that really result in you losing games. And he had the one play that, you know, in this one that Clifford called out as like a play that loses you the game by leaking out, not being available for the rebound. Now he counters that by setting a career high. I will note, uh, Walker, that he beat his previous career high by two points. Do you know what game he set? He set that this year. Do you know what game he set that in? Uh, I just looked at it. So it's more embarrassing that I don't remember. Um, But no, it was a Nets, Nets game. No, no, it was a, it was the Boston Celtics blowout earlier this season. Oh, okay. Um, so, I it was but that was that was yeah. in Boston. So, uh, really, I think you know Tatum had a fifty burger in this one. All Jalen has to do is play the Celtics, uh, what what 12, 13 more times, and have the Hornets get blown out, and he'll he'll have a fifty burger uh, for himself. But look, he's he's obviously a little bit of a streaky scorer at times, but he's a talented scorer. You love what he does on the defensive end, even more so though. Steals, blocks, he can kind of do it all there. Uh, so is I think these past two games, yes, have been a showcase as to why teams are interested in trading for him, or at least that's what the reports believe. What 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 confuses me, Walker, what and frustrates me honestly a little bit is I see different people in the Hornets sphere insinuating mm-hmm. that somehow these performances are indicators that the Hornets absolutely should not trade Jalen McDaniels because he's young, because he's inexpensive, because he he he's a multi-tool player. That, like that's all something that's I might all, have said. Yeah. I think you yeah, you are in this camp for sure. And that's just like patently absurd to me. Like Jalen McDaniels <laughs> is not an all-star level player. He should not be untouchable in a trade. You should get a lot of value. And I like that in these reports, you know, Mitch Kupchak seems to be this cat who's saying, well, I really, really value Jalen. I don't know if we can give him up. I hope that's positioning. You know, I hope they can get a – look, if you get a first-rounder for Jalen McDaniels, I think you take that every every day and also on Sunday. 
Yeah. So I think for me, it, it, it's a problem when I get excited about Mark Williams and Jalen and PJ. It's because I, I get excited within the realm of what they're supposed to be. And so when I talk about how Jalen McDaniels is exactly the player you don't trade, it's because I think he's not going to be a large contract and I don't think he's going to bring a lot in return. So if other NBA GMs like Jalen, they're thinking that as well, right? Like for me, I just don't think that you're going to get a first round pick. And therefore it allows me to feel pretty comfortable saying Jalen McDaniels is not the type of player that you trade. There's only one untouchable on this roster. It's Lamella Ball. It's Lamella Ball. Like that's the guy. That's the guy you don't trade. So <laughs> should have said Mason Plumley right there. That'd have been funnier if we if you had said Lamella Ball and I had said Mason Plumley. That would have been funnier. Well, yes. Well, you know, look. Sometimes, usually we're in sync. Sometimes we're just a little off. But besides Mason Plumley, it's Lamella Ball, and that's the only untouchable on this roster. As much as I like PJ, yeah, PJ could get traded as if the value is smart enough in return. But there's a lot of value for. It, what's crazy is too, I was walking right beside him today on, on my way out of the arena and, and he was speaking with press. So that's why it was maybe a little bit later, you know, Jalen McDaniels is freaking tall, man. I mean, it's, it's nuts because I stood next to Dwight Howard and Dwight Howard is not as tall as he seems on TV. There's just guys that fit that bill where Dwight is supposedly close to seven foot. No, he is much closer to six nine. Jalen listed as six nine. Are you saying that that's a little bit of a goose <laughs> there? That he's I mean, taller than six nine? Seems like six ten. I mean, I'm just and look, it's only going off feel, but just a long wing that defends and and trading. Even if even if this guy is homegrown, mm -hmm. I know maybe even especially oh Charlotte will get out of here with the hold on. Get out of here with the homegrown because I've seen this right. from another prominent. Charlotte Hornets media member. I won't put any oh, on. Call, put any, you want no friends today. I just homegrown. Who gives a hot bleep if he's homegrown? I don't care if a player comes from Mars, Venus, the moon. I don't care if they're it, if they're super talented. That's mm -hmm. where that's the kind of player I want. Like super talented. Here's the thing. If the if the Hornets, I would totally be on board with this whole line of thinking, right? If the Hornets were like sort of one or two pieces away. The Hornets are and these two games prove it. The Hornets are not one or two pieces away. This whole thing needs to be rethought and any player that gives you the potential to rethink that through the draft or whatever, that that's the kind of player that you need to consider very highly tradable, not untouchable. So, yeah, I guess what Yeah, what I we have we turned you against Jalen McDaniels now? I love Jalen McDaniels. I love no, Jalen McDaniels. You want him? Yes, off. I do. You want him? You want you want to get some Martian from Venus? Is what you want? You just said it. I heard you. Martian from <laughs> Venus. No, um, the, the, right? Like I know. It, it listen, just, it depends on I, the value. That's that's any trade. That's it. That's it. Here's my thing. I, I this is not about Jalen. It's not about all of the players that I think are tradable on this roster. P.J. Washington, Mason Plumlee, Terry Rozier. I love Terry Rozier. I mean, I you know I, I've been giving him nicknames and you know loving Terry Rozier for everything. I, he's a certified gamer. He has a <laughs> certificate in the mail. Like everybody knows, I love Terry Rozier. But if a team wants to come along and help the Hornets retool this roster that's what they need to do this is not it's not about who Jalen McDaniels is or isn't it's about the potential to rethink this whole game and I think if you hold on to Jalen because of some weird idea about like liking keeping homegrown guys to me that's small market thinking that is small yeah. market thinking at its best and it's loser thinking in my opinion there you go yeah I mean it's not it's not like yeah I 
I guess, I don't know. Let's let's touch on this a little bit more in the next segment. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Whew, I mean, hot. Don't go to sleep yeah, on the Hornets are. just yet. Doug Branson is hot about people saying Jalen McDaniels should not be traded. I want to get to him, and maybe we'll get to uh, also Lamella Balls. I just uh, don't. I just hold on. I just don't know how you watch are this you team game in and game out and say to yourself that any player other than Lamelo Ball should not be traded. I just can't. I just don't understand. That. Anyway, all right, go ahead. All right, yeah. Doug making no friends here. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and the calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. It's not working, but what would help is if I could go to something that tastes like a candy bar but not have all of the fat and the calories. Well, that's what makes Built Bar so good. They have all of their uh, bars covered in 100% real chocolate, too. That's right, real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors, churro, peanut butter, brownie, the coconut almond flavors. There's coconut brownie as well. There's so many good ones out there. I'm not sure how Built does it, but they're fantastic. And what you can do now is not only do you um, order them off of BuiltBar.com or Built.com, but what you can do is you can go to Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box with the favorite flavors, that I just talked about plenty more to choose from as well. So again, you can go to Sam's Club, get 13 bar boxes, or you can order them on built.com. Thanks for joining us on Lockdown Hornets. We got one more segment to go. Coconut brownie homegrown, untradeable. Is locked on Hornets. Well, I'll tell you one All thing, right. Hornet, bees, I don't care. You're getting the can. Get away from me, buddy. Not bees, though. Save the bees, Doug. For the hornets, like, actually, I, I don't want a live hornet in my house. Honey bees? For a bee, I'll cut through. Because, I, look, I won't do you. If you're a carpenter bee, if you're not, if you have no, if you're not a threat. Talk about, here we go. Here we go. Go oh, back to our conversation in a second. The segment. carpenters. The, the carpenter bee has become such a low threat that I don't care about it anymore. When I'm walking by, uh, you know, a bumblebee, I'm not worried about a bumblebee. So I'm just going to ignore it. But you're talking a honeybee, small, will sting you, will die to sting. They'll yes, die. They and will so, literally kill themselves come in order on. to sting you. That's how There's passionate they are. So they're getting the can. There's something here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Sometimes I miss sitting down, Doug. He's more cerebral. He gives me bee analogies. We got this hot take, Doug, now. Calling stuff hot bleep. <laughs> Doug Branson is just different when he's standing it's up. It's just, I because, look, I've, I, th- this season has been one of enduring, and I've endured this oh, season. Yeah. No doubt and I just it. can't sit idly by and, and listen to people say that someone on here that's not named LaMelo Ball is untradeable. I'm just so, and it's again, this is not about, I'm not calling Jalen McDaniels out. In fact, me say on this team, on this team, me saying that Jalen McDaniels is highly tradable is the highest compliment because we know that like people are not chomping at the bit. They're not combing through, you know, their Rolodex to find Mitch Kupchak's number and call him up and say, Mitchie, what you got? Like nobody's doing that. So that's correct. And just maybe, maybe, maybe we go one more comment a piece and then we can move on <laughs> outside of Jalen, right? Maybe we do that. I got nothing left. You I, say wherever you want. I'm done. Cool. I want, All right, cool. My whole thing is it doesn't mean that the Hornets should be taken advantage of for developing a guy. Like it, it does suck when you have a second round pick that develops and then you trade him for something that might not work out. If you're talking about 
whatever. Like, I don't, I don't think you're going to get a lottery protected first for Jalen McDaniels just straight up, you know, because I just, I don't think that's happening. And, you know, borderline, like if you're talking about your 20, any, any pick in the twenties, you're kind of hoping he becomes a six ten three and D wing player that has a little bit of ability to do some other stuff, but you're right. Like, Jalen McDaniels is absolutely not untradeable. There's nobody on this roster that's untradeable outside of LaMelo Ball. It's just to me, if you are rebuilding and you are looking to invest in assets that help you going forward, the guy that's going to be on a cheap contract that plays well with LaMelo too, by the way, I think there's something to be said for that, where I think those two guys share the floor and play pretty well together, being a three-point shooter and and having that motor where he's able to be the beneficiary in transition. I think that matters a lot too. So I, if, if you don't get full value for him, then do not trade Jalen. Whereas Terry, Gordon, you don't have to get full value for me to say, go ahead and, and trade some of those guys. All right, no more Jalen McDaniels discussion. Doug is done. He has set his piece and we will move on and talk a little bit more. Let's. I, I kind of want to steer this uh, the, the bench direction and then we, uh, then we can get to the MVP chance. Just last thing, you're right about the bench not having it offensively for sure. I, I still look, Dennis Smith Jr. has been phenomenal defensively. He's the only guy you can trust on Jason Tatum in this game. I mean, he... He at least made Jason work a couple times and, and, you know, he had it going 51 points, but a lot of those buckets came against other basketball players, right? Not just Dennis Smith jr. So the, the defense is phenomenal, but Dennis is just not hitting three pointers anymore. Oh, four had a wide open corner three. They didn't really hustle to go close out on DSJ and he missed it. You know, three of 10 from the field for, for Dennis Smith jr. And eight points, but you had 17 points off of the bench and, they came from Mark Williams on efficient shooting and only four field goal attempts, but eight from DSJ and and he had 10 field goal attempts. So offensively, it's just not clicking. Without Kelly, without Gordon, they have no sixth man. And so I, it's going to be even more difficult to win these games when you don't have someone you can rely on when you go to these like four bench, one starter lineups and Terry Rozier has to take all the shots or LaMelo Ball has to press and then get frustrated and, and make fouls that he shouldn't make, right? I mean, some of that is happening because he's playing with, you know, a bench unit that can't shoot the ball. Uh, it, it's a shame. I mean, this is the DSJ, unfortunately, that we thought we were going to get at the very beginning of the season, before the, before the season started. We thought, like, all right, this is the DSJ, uh, can't shoot, uh, has tr- trouble making shots at the rim, is a better passer than people give him credit for, uh, probably has lost a little bit of his athleticism because an explosion because of uh, the injuries and uh, but he's great defensively like that's what we thought we were going to get and we got something wildly different than that at the beginning of the season and I think it got our hopes up but we've seen this so many times when guys get injured and their games you know one one particular aspect of their game goes away sometimes it comes back sometimes it doesn't just tough tough luck for the Hornets. I'll say one thing that that the DSJ does allow you to do is have a little bit of versatility when you've got, got all these guys out. They've gone to three guard lineups with Lamelo yeah. and Terry and DSJ. That's helpful. When Lamelo was in foul trouble in this game, they were able to go DSJ and Terry, and that lineup worked really well while Lamelo had to sit with three fouls in the first half. Um, so you know DSJ, despite the shooting, I mean it kills you, but despite that, he's still a valuable piece. Uh, for for whatever it's worth in this season. Yeah, well, I know, and and I do think the the defense, like I thought, it was a a, a nice enough pickup with rim pressure and, and defense at the beginning of the season. But I I will say I think he's been 
quite a bit better than I imagined. I, I think mm -hmm. defensively, he's actually a lot better. And and I, I value that a lot. But of course, you got to hit shots. Um, all right, last thing here. So I know a lot of people were talking about this on Twitter. And it happened right away. Boston heavy crowd. Spectrum Center, it was pretty filled up today. But a lot of Boston people, a lot of Jason Tatum jerseys. You know, that was the most popular one. I saw a Taco Fall jersey. I saw an Adrian Griffin jersey. That's right. I saw that as well. So I saw some nice. decent ones. But lots of Jason Tatum jerseys and those jerseys, they were screaming when Jason went to the foul line, MVP, MVP. Early on, there were some Hornets fans, maybe from the rooftops, trying to boo Jason Tatum <laughs> to outweigh the MVP chance. And they were losing, but it was a valiant effort. Like it wasn't, sure. you know, it wasn't a 20 point game. Just like the Hornets. Yeah, it was a 10 point game. <laughs> Perfect. You know, thing was, everything was a 10 point game. And then at the very end, it was blowout city because yep. once Jason Tatum went for 51 and then hit the last two, three pointers to really very much. So end this one, it erupted. So I mm -hmm. ask you, Doug, how does it make you feel as a Hornets fan when there are a lot of MVP chance you're fighting, you're fighting just to drown it out and keep it at an even level. And then Boston, the fans, the arena, it's as loud as I've heard the arena for the opposition and, and you know, Maybe I don't need that caveat. I, I you know, it, it, it's certainly well within that neighborhood, man. How does that make you feel? Well, listen, it's embarrassing, but it's not embarrassing for the city of Charlotte, which is a transplant city. It's got a lot of people from all over the place growing really fast uh, for those people that don't live in Charlotte, don't know anything about the city right now. I live in uh, right now. I'm living in Nashville, Tennessee, and it's booming. But Charlotte's right there with Nashville in terms of like boom cities right now. So a lot of people moving to Charlotte. Uh, for for a lot of different reasons, so yeah, you're going to have that. So it's 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 not embarrassing for the city of Charlotte. It's not embarrassing for Hornets fans. What have they got to cheer for? It's not embarrassing for the hardworking ticket salespeople. They shouldn't be held accountable for this. You know that they got a job to do: sell tickets. It's not embarrassing for the season ticket holders. You know, again, what 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 has this organization provided them? This is embarrassing for the organization. And I hope the organization is embarrassed. I hope people are watching the Bally Sports broadcast and going, wow, our Spectrum Center, our home court has been turned into uh, uh, somewhere where these big teams come to cheer on their people and not where we can get the city of Charlotte behind this team. And, and that is because of decisions that this organization has made uh, to not do things when doing things would have made the team better, uh, to avoid the luxury tax at all costs, um, you know, and it's kind of riled me a little bit last season when Borrego would would get on the city of Charlotte about like coming to Spectrum Center and 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 cheering the team on. It's like you know, after all of these years of of Bobcats and then going into the Hornets era, after all of these years, it's not up to fans anymore. Put a product on the floor that's worth coming to see night in and night out. I've always said this: casual fans, your you know your forty year old mom and dad that are not huge Hornets fans, but they, you know, they're fine. They watch basketball every now and then they got to make a decision. What are we going to do with the kids tonight? It's a weekend. What are we going to do? And that, that decision comes down in terms of basketball. You know, you want to take your kids to go see a win. And if they're not reasonably sure that they, they have a chance at seeing a win, then they're not going to go. And, and a casual fan has to understand that without watching all the games, a casual fan is not watching every single game. They're not watching this show. They have to just sort of fundamentally understand, and that takes playoff wins. That takes playoff series wins where you're watching them on national TV, where the news is talking about them all the time. That hasn't happened for 20 years. So, you know, 
lay off Charlotte, lay off the people, lay off the fans, lay off the ticket sales people. This needs to be totally on the organization. All right, that'll do it. Ending with some fire because Doug Branson is fiery today, and we appreciate him. We also appreciate you for making us your first listen. Now make your second listen. Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. I'm homegrown, though, baby. Untradeable.